What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Blunt Mag Tattoo Podcast. I'm your host, Louie, from Free Spirit Tattoo. And before we start the episode, just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, badmojo.com.au. They're a family-run merchandise company based in Australia. They do custom T-shirts, key rings, mugs, stubby holders, all that sort of stuff. So if you're looking at getting some merch done, head to badmojo.com.au and enter the code BLUNTMAG10, all lowercase, and they'll give you 10% off your first order. This episode, we're joined by Eddie Liu, owner of FLT Tattoo Studio in Newcastle. Uh, Eddie's one of the champions of equality within the industry and society in general. Uh, we talk about her tattoo journey, as well as her feminist tattoo podcast, Not Just a Girl, uh, which you should check out on Spotify, um, as well as a bunch of different topics. So let's get into it. Eddie Liu from FLT Tattoo Studio in Newcastle. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Um, know you're super busy, so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, um, you said you were nervous. I'm even more nervous <laughs> because you're the boss lady of tattooing, the, the queen of podcasts and all that sort of thing. Um, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, nah, um, I, was, I was super keen to get you on and really glad that you were able to come on just because obviously I mentioned that I am a huge fan of your Not Just a Girl podcast, which I do want to talk a bit about later and sort of why you started awesome. that and all that kind of thing. Um, but first, can you take us back to a young Eddie? How did it all start? You know, how, like, was it always art for you? Yeah, um, I def- like, I've always been a creative little weirdo. Um, and it was something that I was fortunate enough to have a family who really like pushed me in that direction and did everything to encourage it. But my, um, I had some uncles who were in the Navy when they were young and they had those like wicked old, like Navy tattoos from the seventies all over them. And that was kind of my first intro to tattooing. That was where I kind of was like, yes, that, that is something that I am super keen on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like my great uncle had like these little cherries on his butt that he got in China, like in the seventies and the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) But yeah, um, I think, you know, I tried to do the traditional route where I was like, no, I need to be successful and do academia. And I went and did a double, started a double degree in law and social work and kind of was like, I'm going to be a politician and I'm going to change the world. And then I realized that politicians don't change the world. They make it worse. And I didn't really want to be a part of that. And um... Well, you are changing the world. And we'll talk a bit more about that later, because this is definitely what I want to sort of delve into, like, you know, what you're passionate about as far as social justice and equality and all that sort of stuff. But before I rudely interrupted, continue. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I actually, I had um, an injury, um, spinal cord injury that made me have to drop out of uni and it was kind of a, well, I wouldn't say a blessing in disguise because it's quite horrible, but it did make me reassess and realise that, you know, you've got to follow your passions and you've got to live authentically and for me that was art, it was always going to be art, I just convinced myself I wasn't good enough at it to pursue it as a career, but yeah, so from there I started studying art and started the very long journey into getting an apprenticeship which took me about five years yeah nice so where did you where did you get the apprenticeship like was it like did you take a long time to sort of obviously go around to different shops with your portfolio and and do all that stuff yeah well it was like a million years ago now so you know how many years ago was it actually so i started tattooing 11 years ago yep yeah so just over 11 years and you know, back then it was like, 
when Miami Ink was huge and you know when I first started going and taking my portfolio around it was probably the most dreadful portfolio I've ever seen like I I would hate to see what it looked like now mine but, was worse mine was you know? worse <laughs> um but you know I got a lot of resistance from studios like just I literally to my face you will never be a tattooer because you have a vagina like really honestly, just that blunt just that like that blunt yeah fucking hell and it was it was like a long time and I eventually got an opportunity when I was doing admin um on the central coast and you know I was like I will do anything to be a tattooer this is going to be amazing this is all I care about like I was living and breathing it I was reading every book I could get my hands on you know like copies of the Huck and Spaulding tattooing A to Z and you know those kind of books and I was reading everything about tattoo history I was like so obsessed and the first chance I got was kind of so dodgy like it was this old dude who just had this tiny little studio where he worked by himself and he was like, yeah, you just like work here on weekends and practice at home on your friends during the week. And and I was just like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, oh, it's the old school way of doing it. And I was just like, oh, it doesn't really sound right, but I'll do anything to be a tattooer. Yeah, exactly. And kind of, I, I remember one day hearing him just be like, oh, yeah, she's been tattooing two years. She'll do your tattoo. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, so... I quit. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to move on. So I was probably only there for like a month. And then eventually um, I got an apprenticeship at one of the studios that turned me away for being a woman because the guy who told me I'd never be a tattooer got fired for being an asshole. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. And from there, that's when I started tattooing. Far out. I mean, just just hearing that, it just sounds ridiculous. You know, can you imagine like in this day and age and because of people like yourself, but can you imagine like going around and, and hearing that as a girl, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Are you serious? Like, but that's the reality of it back then, you know? Yeah. And, and I know other girls that have, that have been tattooing for a while, like yourself and yeah, they've, they've experienced that sort of stuff. And we had a mm. chat with, um, with M Reed. I don't know if you, if you know M Reed. She's in Ulladulla, close to sort of where I am, down south. But um, yeah, yeah talk, talking about, you know, stories of, of sexism within the shop and that sort of thing. And it just, it just seems ridiculous because... It does. <laughs> like, I, I came along, you know, I've only been tattooing sort of four or five years kind of thing. Mm. And I think by then, because of people like yourself and M and that sort of thing that, that paved the way and changed things, for me, like, any shop that I've worked in with females, female artists, I mean, like, it's never really had that because, mm. like, for sort of you know, younger artists coming in and that sort of thing. It just, it's just seems completely just stupid. And like, how could that even be a thing? But it obviously was a thing. And, yeah. you know, um, it literally makes no sense. Oh. Like, I mean, you know, aside from all of the very serious gendered issues involved in it as a business owner, like it makes absolutely no sense to omit 51% of the population from your like, potential money makers <laughs> it, it is out of control um yeah is that and is that sort of like you know a little bit of a chip on your shoulder from the start and now it's like I'm fucking here with a vengeance you know like <laughs> I mean being a woman in this world you're here with a vengeance like fully, you know fully. but yeah definitely and I think you know um like a lot of us you know my start was really quite horrible and you know it leaves you with a lot of trauma and knowing that a lot of that kind of like um, toxicity and bullying and abuse you experience has to do with your gender, you know, or for some people it's their sexuality or their race. It's just, 
yeah, that lights a fire. Yeah. And was that always something that you were passionate about, you know, equality across the board? Or was that like pretty much since you, you know, tried to get into tattooing and that sort of thing that was that made you think and sort of think that way? I've, I've definitely always been passionate about social justice, definitely. But I think my understanding of social justice was definitely very different when I was young. You know, being, I don't know, privileged, I guess. You know, I'm white. I, you know, have a really supportive family. You know, I'm like, I've never had to worry about like being people being homophobic or transphobic or racist to me. So I had a lot of privilege in that way. And it wasn't until kind of like I traveled more and started to like experience more in the world that I, that I really kind of learned enough to actually stand up and be like, okay, no, these are things I believe in. This is what I'm going to fight for. And yeah, so it was probably, to be honest, a few years into my, maybe like, I think I'd maybe been tattooing for like three years where I started to reflect on my experiences and realize that they were actually systemic it wasn't just a situation a personal situation yeah like this is actually a thing yeah and then started to kind of like reflect on things more and you know as I developed friends throughout the industry and realizing that this was like a common thing that a lot of other women had that's when I started to do more research about feminism and things like that and started to speak up a lot more yeah cool well let's talk about that let's talk about feminism let's talk about not just a girl so that's the name of your podcast which i hope you're going to be doing again i don't know hopefully yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um because i've yeah i've listened to all of them they're all they're all awesome and um i understand that it all started off as a flash day yeah well um we there was a group of us who did um a convention a tattoo convention in sydney and just the way the convention was run the way they advertised like the only women you saw on their Instagram page were the um, dancers that were entertainment. Like women were not put at the same level or treated in the same way as men. And, you know, the entertainment was all objectifying women. There was nothing that was kind of gender neutral or inclusive about these conventions. And then like there was a group of us at the after party and we were handed these little um like gift bags and they were all full of like tattoo magazines that were definitely just aimed at the male gaze and they had like aftershave samples and like um, men's deodorant samples I don't know all these weird things and then there was a packet of glitter sticker nail things like and like and tampons in there and that was like <laughs> that was how women were like Ugh. included and we were like I remember us all just sitting around just being like this is what we're reduced to like the amount of incredible women in this industry doing amazing things and we're reduced to stickers for nails yeah and <laughs> I think that was just like such a tiny tiny moment but it was just the straw that broke the camel's back and yeah. we were like we're fucking doing our own convention oh, how do we hell. do this but then we're like let's just start with a flash day and um melanie milne sash mazoglian um and i just kind of made it happen and it was hard work and it was amazing no nah, that's awesome i remember those old school conventions hey when they used to be at like homebush yeah <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> so as far as the flash day um how long ago was that? I, th- I think they were in um, 2017, 2018, so a while ago now. Yeah, right. And then the podcast came from that. Yeah, so we 
we just couldn't get ourselves together enough in 2019 to do um, a flash day because it was honestly such a huge undertaking and we're like okay we're gonna do something in 2020 for sure and then obviously like apocalypse and Mm. yeah so the podcast was just another way of showcasing what like women and non-binary artists in Australia had to offer yeah cool and around the world as well like I'd met so many amazing artists in my travels that I was like well you know I'm gonna include them too yeah nice did you already have a bunch of guests lined up or was it kind of like you know as you were going you're like all right who am I gonna invite next who am I gonna invite next because I listened to one with um swastik from um trailer trash that was just so interesting i think she's so cool Um, i love her and and also perfect for what you you know for your podcast you know and it seems like everyone that you did interview was really perfect and had pretty pretty sort of strong views yeah you know for that so yeah yeah well i i i kind of um i probably did the podcast the wrong way around i don't know i don't know if there's a right way to do a podcast but I was in lockdown, I had the idea and I made a list of artists that like I'm really inspired by, artists who I love like their work or I love the way they speak about things or I love what they're contributing to tattooing and then I just kind of like picked 10 out of them and contacted them but I did all of the interviews kind of like all at once and then just um, went and edited them and released them, you know afterwards yeah I feel like if I'd have done it one by one I maybe would have been able to edit as I go but yeah yeah well that's what we're so so (laughs) we're we're pretty much doing it week to week but um it's like it's like every episode gets technically better and I'm like okay don't ask that this time (laughs) you know Um, (laughs) just just trying to learn as we go really but yeah yeah, look you know the the reason we were doing it as well is because with tattooers it's such a there's just no information anywhere. Half the people that I tattoo, I don't even know what they look like. I mean, not that I tattoo, but that, that I look up to as far as tattooers go. I don't even know what they look like, let alone their story, you know. Yeah. And, like, Australia's got such a, like, a vast type of tattooer and also, um, like, really hold their own on a world stage, you know. So Definitely. We really wanted to sort of showcase different artists with different ideals and different, like, artistic, you know, stylings. To that, so that's why we did it, and also because yeah. you know, just just like to talk and just meet yeah. people, really. <laughs> it's nice to like to get to know the person you're going to get tattooed by a little bit as well. Like um, some artists who I want to get tattooed by have been get who have been tattooed by, like they're very open about who they are or their experiences online, and I I really enjoy that because you're trusting them to like permanently change your body and you know as we know like tattooing is so transformative so when you kind of get an idea of who they are as a person you can really relate to their experiences or their views it definitely makes getting tattooed an even better experience 100 percent, and the experience is so important you know Mm. Uh, especially you know when you're getting tattooed you know, I've got a few tattoos now from people that I no longer get along with, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. It's like, oh, that just, just ruins the tattoo. Or like I'm when, not going to lie, I get them yeah. lasered or covered. <laughs> yeah. Or like when you're getting tattooed and you, and you think, oh, this, you know, I've been following this artist for a long time or, you know, been been following their work for a while. Then you get tattooed by them and they're just, just a dickhead. And it's like, yeah. oh, that just ruins everything for me. <laughs> oh, it's the worst, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then it's on the flip side as well, where... You know, the, where when the tattoo itself might not be technically the best, but 
it was such a good interaction and such a fun time that yeah you know it's cool and it's one of your favorite tattoos you know absolutely yeah. <laughs> so as far as as far as actually traveling overseas and that sort of thing i noticed you had a bunch of um like american artists on there yeah. where have you been what's what's been some highlights and some funny stuff oh i i did like a little like mini guestie in the uk when i was visiting um my sister over there one time and that was awesome like getting to tattoo uh with and get tattooed by some of my favorite tattooers like Cassandra Francis and Jean Leroux that was amazing but it was like two days you know yeah whatever but um the biggest highlight was when I was in the US and I did the literary ink convention which was a Harry Potter themed tattoo oh. convention so um like obviously we're all we all hate JK Rowling because she's a transphobic piece of shit <laughs> is she actually like, we don't have to include this but is she actually she's a transphobic piece of shit Really? <laughs> I'll say it, I'll say it. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So we love Harry Potter and we've claimed it for ourselves and we do this amazing convention about it and it's so much fun and it's mostly American tattooers but there was a bunch of Brits there, there was like people from Australia like Ebony Mellowship was there and yeah, it was honestly the most fun convention I've ever been to. It was inclusive, it was positive, it was just like so full of joy that's so cool like I, I can't wait to be able to travel again like far who knows what it's gonna be but <laughs> oh, like oh, i miss it <laughs> fuck. but like you know i feel like i've got heaps of friends all around the world just from instagram and you know you you, you start making like random friends from instagram and you're like oh you know love your work this and that to the point where it's, it's so different now you could be in another country completely and like oh i already know people yeah. there like that's just awesome and weird yeah that's well that's how it worked for me I was just like here's these people I admire on Instagram and I speak to every now and then and I can actually email them and ask to go visit and I got to do that like I got to go to Black Iris in Brooklyn before like they shut down now due to COVID but you know artists like Anka and Jono who are such incredible humans who do a lot for their community and yeah I've like I've got to meet these people yeah. and work with them yeah no that, that's awesome um so as far as your shop goes in Australia how long has that been open and how did that start and was the intention to open a shop with you know just females correct me if I'm wrong I don't know if if there's if there's males now or anything like that but is it still just females no, no, we have um, Dan Arnold working with us now. Like this, the studio was actually never intended to be gender specific, um, but it was always intended to be feminist. Yep. And I think that that's why a lot of like men have felt uncomfortable because, you know, for a lot of them, it would mean being called out on behavior or language or whatever. And, you know, we call ourselves out on that too, because we've all been conditioned in the same society and we all have internalized misogyny to work through but yeah I I started the studio because I needed to work in Newcastle I was working on the central coast and the traveling was really difficult for me um, so, so, so you're the, from Newcastle yeah, yeah so I live in Newcastle and yeah I was working on the central coast at STR and I loved it there and the artists there were amazing but um as a person with a disability, traveling can be really difficult um, and not leave a lot of energy that is necessary for tattooing because, you know, tattooing takes a hell of a lot yep. out of you. 
but yeah, and I needed a studio that was a safe space for me that was, you know, had good values where the focus was actually on the artist comfort and creating really good tattoos. And there was literally nowhere in Newcastle where I felt like that could happen for me. Yeah. Um, Newcastle historically hasn't got the best, um, I guess, com- the most positive or safe or welcoming community. Yep. Um, there, there is another studio now um, down under with Dane Tardy and they're amazing. They're all really amazing people and, you know, we are definitely friends with them. But, yeah, there was just nothing else for me. So I was like, fuck it, going to start my own shop. I'm going to do everything the way that I feel it should be and try and set a standard for what I think, like, is a safe space for artists to work in and, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. No. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how long has the shop been open? It's five, it was five years in October, so coming up to six years. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Did you run into any sort of issues like when you were opening? Because I know that around that sort of time is still, you know, I was actually talking about in a previous one of these where, where one of our guests was talking about opening his shop, running into some sort of, you know, bikey stuff. And, you know, we don't have to talk about this and we can cut it all out <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But any sort of issues opening up? Um, actually, no, we, I, you know, I think it's like the one time where being deemed just a girl, <laughs> it kind of probably came in handy for yeah. me because they just didn't bother. Um, but yeah, no, like I'm, I'm like literally the most highly strung human on the planet. So I had done all my research, had all my council documents, all my like, uh, skin penetration documents, everything like ready to go like checked over a hundred times, you know, when it came to licensing the studio, I called fair trading every single day until they, um, gave me my license significantly earlier than anyone else I know got theirs. Like I was just like, I am having this studio and I am having it now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Cool. Oh, nice. Went smoothly. Yeah. (laughs) Did did you have a team beforehand and like you opened it with a team or you like you opened it and then, you know, with like one or two artists and then built the team from there or how did that all happen? Um, when I opened it, I had like kind of people in mind and I had two artists who agreed to come on board once I opened. So kind of we started with three of us and then, um, yeah, it's just grown over the years and there's seven of us now. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. You've got a, a very, very strong <laughs> roster. Do you want to shout anyone out so we can... First of all, first of all, I should have probably done this at the start. But um, <laughs> So your Instagram, obviously you probably need, you know, you need no introduction, but it's Eddie Lou, E-double-D-Y-L-O-U. So everyone go and follow her, even though the reason people listen to this is because of you. Um, who else works there? Who, who do we need to check out? Who do we need to get tattooed by? You need to get tattooed by all of them because they're all amazing. Um, Sophie Lewis, she is like the most powerful mama on the planet. Like she has her beautiful little boy Ripley and still manages to produce the most incredible tattoos ever. She does like neo-traditional stuff, um, a lot of like really colorful neo-tread portraits and a lot of pop culture stuff. Um, also Brooke Steele, who does like she's kind of punk awesome. and- She's fucking awesome. She's so oh, good. She's so amazing. Like those Japanese so... kind of punk girls yes. and, and those yes. chrysanthemums like, that she does. Supernatural Japanese. Hell. Oh. Yeah, she, and she's the funniest cunt on the planet, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> um, and Sian Engels, who does beautiful, like, intricate Sian, the cat geometry. Witch. Yes. Yep. 
and she's cat mad like most of us. And also we've got um, Jade Lomax who does like really like colorful kind of psychedelic, surreal Australian nature stuff. Like it's very like hippie in the best way possible. It's really beautiful and earthy and she's like such a sweetheart. We have Dan Arnold who he does a lot of like trad and neo-Japanese kind of stuff. He's insanely talented. He's the newest addition to the studio and we are like overwhelmingly proud to have him with us. And my apprentice, Alana Tomlin, who she is like the best apprentice ever and she's going to be the best tattooer ever. Oh, what a fucking <laughs> awesome place to do an apprenticeship. Like compared to like, you know, like what we went through and all that sort of stuff. Like to, to have an apprenticeship in that sort of environment must just be, you know, so lucky. Yeah, like I, I definitely hope she's enjoying it. And like the whole, like I never thought that I would do the whole like apprenticeship thing, but you know, you kind of like, one day I was like thinking about how are we ever going to have amazing tattooers in the world who haven't gone through all of this trauma unless good studios set the standard and make it happen. And I'd been tattooing Alana for a few years and knew how much she wanted to do it. And, you know, I saw that she was potentially going to go and work in studios where she wouldn't get treated the way that I think she should get treated. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. I'm taking this person as an apprentice and I'm going to work really hard to develop an apprenticeship where she has freedom and trust and learns everything that she feels like she needs to learn. And yeah, so far it works really well. I've had to do so much learning as well and um, unlearning, like realizing that my idea of what a good apprenticeship was, was still based in the confines of the toxic tattoo culture yeah. and so I had to just scrap you've got to be completely. the shit kicker for x amount of time you've got to do yeah. all this and, and that it, it's bullshit you know like you don't actually need to do that yeah. like they don't need to work six days a week it's like they should just work whenever they feel like working and yeah I, I don't know I really had to like just be like actually I don't like tattoo culture so we're not going to do this within the confines of tattoo culture yeah, so Let's start again. <laughs> yeah, nice. And it is, it's kind of this generation of, of apprentices and young tattooers that have, you know, benefited from people like yourself that did go through those, let's say, sh shitty kind of rough apprenticeships, let's, let's say, yeah. um, that, you know... <laughs> Abusive, even. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah potentially. Um, yeah, that, you know, uh, are now having their own apprentices and doing all the stuff that, that they... All, all the good stuff from their apprenticeship and taking out all the shit, which is... You know, really lucky for the people coming up now. I think the whole industry has obviously changed. Um, I'd assume, you know, I haven't been around too long myself. But these days, you know, you find a lot of apprentices that are um, artists in their own right before yeah. before the apprenticeship. Yeah. And I, I think that the sort of apprenticeship that it sounds like this girl's getting, at, at, I mean, not that you've described it at all, but <laughs> the, the sort of apprenticeship that it sounds like, you know, she's getting really sort of nourishes that and, and makes them become just awesome artists you know, from the get-go, and I think that's really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think it's good too, because, like, when we all get to be ourselves and do the style that we actually enjoy, then there's no need for competition anymore. There's literally room for everyone because we're all doing our own thing and using our own voice to do it, and it just makes the whole thing more diverse. Yeah, yeah. And um, so let's let's talk about your art. 
So, um, I noticed that just recently you've had your own, was it your first ever art exhibition? Is that correct? Yeah, my first solo one. So yeah. that was really, really exciting. How, how did that come about? Um, I just decided to do it. I don't know. Like you, uh, I think, I think one trap that a lot of tattooers get caught in is that we're tattooers and not artists, but we are, we're artists. Tattooing just happens to be one of our, you know, mediums that we use. And I think, you know, sometimes the art world forgets about us or pushes us aside as lowbrow art or outsider art or whatever. But yeah, I just kind of had been thinking about that for a while and realized that, you know, I can, I can do what these other people are doing. Like just takes time. And so booked a show and took six months where I was barely tattooing and just worked my ass off. And yeah, it was really, really great. I was so nervous and I was second guessing myself every step of the way. There was most of the pieces I redid over at least, you know, two or three times, but it was the best thing I could have done. Yeah, that's awesome. I was looking at some of the pictures um, from that from that show and like they are your style, obviously, you know, different medium. So you're able to probably be a little bit more detailed and obviously there's that difference, but it, they're definitely that Eddie Lou kind of flavor. And as far as <laughs> yeah. that goes, you know, with your tattoo and you've got it, it, a pretty recognizable style, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the, the cross hatching and like the, the solid lines and all that, but obviously a jack of all trades, you know, every now and then you'll see like a, a yeah. color piece. That's awesome. Like that yeah. little, that little, um, devil that you did. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I do but, still um, love doing color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it, um, has, has your art evolved like since you've been tattooing? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, before I was a tattooer, I was either doing like really weird, grotesque caricatures of people with charcoal or I was doing found object sculpture. Like it was kind of like nothing that had anything to do with tattooing really. But um, yeah, now it's, I do have trouble separating the two, but there is definitely like a need for separation. Like I, I feel like I create better art when I forget about the entire tattoo process because you know I'm making something for myself that is supposed to express something from inside me rather than meeting a client's specs but yeah no that's awesome um so tell us about your first tattoo oh gosh it's so horrible it's like some weird thing that looks like I don't know like a squashed rose cabbage and a pokeball with some swirls above it I don't even know what it it is but I don't know. I was drunk. I was like 17 and I was in Bolivia doing student exchange. I was hanging out with a bunch of German girls. We were all off our faces and we're like, let's go get tattooed. And that's Bolivia. Like when the guy, yeah, when the guy turned on the machine, I literally ran out the room and the girls had to drag me back in. So it was done against your will. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Well, I wanted it, but I was just being ridiculous. I don't know. At that point, did you know you wanted to be a tattooer? It was kind of one of those things I was playing with, but it was like, oh, I'm not a good enough artist to be a tattooer. I'll just be a lawyer instead. Well, I mean, that, that's the same sort of same story as so many people I talk to, you know, for whatever reason, and myself included, it was like, oh, no, nah, I'm just not, not, not good enough. I'm sure like, you know, my hand's probably not going to be as steady. You know, I'm, I, I can't do this. Um, and so then you spend ages yeah. doing something else and then you're like, you know what? Fuck it. You only live once. Let me try like what I actually want to do, do it. And then, exactly. you, you know, you're good at it. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is like, 
there's no such thing as being naturally good at something. Like that's just bullshit to keep people in their lane. It's what you're passionate about and what you put your energy into and if you practice. Okay, so that's quite a polarizing viewpoint because I know, and, and I think I was listening to um, the True Love podcast with MJ. Um, and he actually talks about this and, you know, whether or not you believe in talent or just hard work. Yeah. So, you, so uh, yeah, no, that's true. Because I know that I'm not a talented person, but I work super hard. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I mean, that's how I feel. But I, I think, I mean, talent's a point of, like, perspective, though, isn't it? Yep. Because, yep. I mean, you know, someone might have a natural predisposition to hearing a particular frequency but that's not necessarily going to make them a better musician you know like my eyesight is garbage but I do super detailed work and someone with perfect vision might not be able to do as detailed work so I don't I just don't know whether I I get you I get you and and I actually I actually agree with with your point of view but I do sort of understand where they're coming from as well definitely like I think it's it's a beautiful thought to think that someone's born to do something or like it's it's quite fantastical and it's you know it's lovely that idea but I don't (laughs) but then you get these people that like have no training no nothing and then they can just draw so good and you're like what how do you do that (laughs) yeah but I think maybe for those people they're just not hung up on being perfect so they just don't get in their own way Mm. because they know that with my art practice my biggest problem in producing is that I get in my own way with all of my expectations that I lump on myself. And I think like, that's all artists, hey? Yeah. You yeah, know, like my, my husband, he can like sit down and draw these like amazing sketches because he's just relaxed and not trying and doesn't give a shit about the outcome. Whereas I'll try and draw the same thing and be like, oh my God, it's got to be perfect. Yep. If the proportions aren't balanced, the world's going to end. And my, name's, just... my name's going on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like, yeah. it's like posting stuff on Instagram and you're like, oh shit, nah, I don't know. Yeah. People are going to notice this little wiggle in this line that yeah. I did. Or... <laughs> I don't I mean, know, it which, takes which... me months to post a picture of a tattoo yeah. I've done. <laughs> and like you got two alternate pictures going on and they're like fucking both the same really, but you're yeah. just going back and forth and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh. It's yeah, it's we torturing ourselves and I blame capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you would have been around before speaking of Instagram, you would have been around before Instagram obviously yeah. and sort of what the MySpace days was that was that Yeah, yeah. Like I remember following like Emily Rose Murray and Claire Clarity on and Jasmine Austin on um, like MySpace, MySpace and Facebook and just like I'd print out pi- oh, and Mimsy as well. And I'd print out pictures of their work and hang it on my wall and just like dream of the day I could be like them. And yeah, I think I'd been tattooing a year when um, I kind Instagram of signed up to Instagram. Out. Yeah. yeah. How, how has that changed things for you? Well, I think, I think that I was really lucky that when I came along, being one of very few women tattooing in this area, a lot of people who felt safer with me kind of came to me. So I already had a pretty steady client base from very early on. And when Instagram came along, that helped me, not in terms of clients, like I think it does with people now, but more in terms of just broadening my horizons, like seeing what was actually possible in tattooing because my education in tattooing hadn't taught me much of anything really so 
yeah, just seeing what was happening in Europe and in the US, like actually like as it was happening, you know, people posting daily and getting to actually interact more with other artists and learn about their experiences so that I could set the standard for my own. Mm. Yeah, seeing what's going on, like these crazy hyper-realism guys from Russia <laughs> that are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, as opposed to like back in the day where you're looking at just tattoo magazines and like, you know, you look at the, at the time, you're looking at it and going, oh, these are really cool. And now you're looking at them and you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I know. You look back and it's like, wow, I thought that was everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but in, because of Instagram, I got to see Sam Rule's work. And, you know, when I saw the line work stuff she was doing, I was like, oh, wait, I can actually do the art that I enjoy and love as tattoos. And then that just kind of changed my whole career. So does she do a lot of the cross-hatching kind of stuff? Yeah, so, yeah, she does, like, contour and cross-hatching and all that kind of thing. And lots of, like, she uses much bolder lines and her stuff's really, like, energetic and dynamic. But just seeing what was possible ch- yeah changed everything so she i think was a very pivotal moment in my career and yeah. through instagram oh, that's awesome yeah we, i guess most of us have a sort of love hate relationship with instagram it's like a, it's a ne- that necessary evil yeah yeah I, yeah i kind of like i try not to get i think i used to get really hung up in the likes and the follows and all that Um, and maybe it's because I have the privilege of having enough work and having enough likes and followers. I don't know, but I'm at a point now where I just don't care that much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I use it as a tool to more just to network and because of community, that's why I'm more. That's it. Hey, that's in my opinion, the best part about Instagram is like I was saying before, you know, being able to talk to people. Well, first of all, you know, like. You know, I, I wouldn't have, I found you on Instagram, you know, mm. a while ago. And I found pretty much everyone that I, that I'm interviewing, found them on Instagram, able to follow what they're doing, bit of an insight, a little bit of an insight anyway, as to sort of who they are. Um, mm. Whereas like, you know, before that, there's just, you, you're not going to be able to have any kind of interaction with that person, yeah. you know, and, and people overseas, you know, hooking up guest spots here and there, yes. you know, like, <laughs> oh, hang on, I'm going to, I'm going to Russia next year let me like have a look at you know what's going on there who can i talk to let me hook up a few spots here and there and i think in my opinion that's just what's so cool about things like instagram yeah i agree definitely and for a client i imagine that you know just them being able to see our work consistently posted and get a glimpse of who we are through our stories or whatever that would make the decision of who to get tattooed by a lot easier for them yeah yeah because yeah back oh my gosh back before Instagram, when I was like getting tattooed before I was even a tattooer, you know, you just went off who your friends said to go to. And I have so many garbage tattoos because of that. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. I, when I was first, like, so I'm 33 ish now, 32 gone and 33 and been getting tattooed since I was like 18 ish. And like, I just remember back in the day when I didn't know anything about it, it was kind of like, it, like there wasn't even a separation between a good and a bad tattoo artist. It was no. kind of just like, all right, they're a tattoo artist, so they're like automatically going to do a good job. Yeah. You know, you go to a tattoo <laughs> shop, you just assume everyone's got, like capable and good at their job, which is of course not the case. No. But now it's like, all right, well, who am I going to get tattooed by? Let me like scour fucking Instagram for ages and figure out who's awesome. Oh, I like that. I've got to go into this artist specifically for their style, which is awesome. And that's, yeah. I guess that's the way it should be, you know, depending on I what tattoo so. you want. You know, but yeah. 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 I wish more people would use it that way too, because 
you know, like I'll sometimes get people coming to me wanting like, I don't know, freehand Bible verses and it's like, (laughs) like there is someone who is amazing at this, who you should go to, but it's not me. (laughs) Yeah. Look on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you don't want to be that celeb about it, but it's like, oh, just check out my Instagram. Like, you know, it's just not what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm a big believer in people getting the very best tattoo that they can absolutely get. And I am not always going to be the right person to do that job. And there's like a hundred people who will do it better than me. Go to them. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, well, I think we've kept you for quite a long time. As far as like, um, people booking with you, what, what are your, what are your books like? And what's the kind of process for people to look you up and get tattooed by you? I generally do like a whole books closed system and it makes things a lot easier, a lot less overwhelming when it comes to doing emails. So I kind of choose one day every two months that I open my books. People like send in the requests via my website and then I just kind of go through them and fit in as many people as I can for a two month booking period, then start the whole process over again. And I usually like let people know via Instagram or if they sign up to my mailing list, they get a alert letting them know when my books are going to open. Yeah, cool. Um, Eddie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate your time. We know you're super busy and um, you're definitely one of the people that I was really excited to interview. And um, yeah, and no, I was stoked to have met you. And um, everyone, check her out. Eddie Lou, FLT Tattoo Studio. Yeah. Yeah, yep. on Instagram. Follow them. <laughs> You already do. That's why you're here. Again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And you're a fucking legend. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate any opportunity to talk about tattooing and tattoo stuff. It is life and I love it so much. And yeah, thank you for doing this podcast. I can't wait to hear the rest of the episodes.